0: slash connect and fill out a very brief form there's a spot to leave contact info ask questions and even to request prayer also be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our soundcloud podcast to let us know where you're listening may the lord be with you this day grace and peace to you Today is the fifth Sunday of Easter, and if you didn't get that joke, that's okay. It just means you haven't watched Harry Potter, so um, it's kind of a niche, niche, niche joke, but anyway. Fifth Sunday of Easter, we're still in this season of Eastertide. I feel like all of the Christian calendar is the season of Easter tide, right? We live in the shadow of the cross. We live with the hope and expectation that Easter brings. Uh, and yet, for these six Sundays after Easter, leading into, uh, or sorry, seven Sundays after Easter, leading into Pentecost Sunday, um, it's it's a significant emphasis for us, and it is right and it is good for us still to declare He is risen. He is risen indeed. Right? It's, it, we should. We should, Maybe that's part of every Sunday morning, for that's the reason that we gather. It's the whole uh, point, and, and the the. The beginning part of why uh, why we worship Jesus and why we have this relationship with God, um, as we as we work our way through Acts, we've been we've been following the expanse and the spread of the gospel, um, and, and today we turn to a critical moment in that process. There's there's moments that happen um, that are just foundational. For this movement to be spread throughout the world, and the passage we're looking at today is one of those one of those moments. Uh, it's kind of a longer passage. We're going to be reading from Acts chapter eleven today, um, but we're going to be reading the uh, the first eighteen verses. So it's a it's a longer passage, uh, but I, uh, I I wanted to go ahead and read the whole this whole account of of what takes place in this passage. So for those of you who are willing and able, I invite you to stand as we read God's Word out of reverence. A reading today from the book of Acts, chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. The apostles and the brothers and sisters throughout Judea heard that even the Gentiles had welcomed God's Word. When Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him They accused him. You went into the home of the uncircumcised and ate with them? Step by step, Peter explained what had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying when I had a visionary experience. In my vision, I saw something like a large linen sheet being lowered from heaven by its four corners. It came all the way down to me. As I stared at it, wondering what it was, I saw four-legged animals, including wild beasts, as well as reptiles and wild birds. I heard a voice say, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. I responded, Absolutely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice from heaven spoke a second time, Never consider unclean what God has made pure. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled back into heaven. At that moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were staying. The Spirit told me to go with them, even though they were Gentiles. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered that man's house. He reported to us how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying, send to Joppa and summon Simon, who is known as Peter. He will tell you how you and your entire household can be saved. When I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as the Spirit fell on us in the beginning. I remembered the Lord's words, John will baptize with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, then who am I? Could I stand in God's way? Once the apostles and other believers heard this, they calmed down. They praised God and concluded, So then God has enabled Gentiles to change their hearts and lives so that they might have new life. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please be seated. I have an interesting question to start off with. I'm not asking for an audible answer. Um, when, when, do you, when do you give up on a person? <laughs> well, what's your threshold for writing a person off? Um, I'd love to say that I don't have one, that, that I'm always positive, I'm always a believer. I would love to say that I can always see light at the end of the tunnel, that I always have a hope. Um, there's a show that my wife and I watch called This Is Us, maybe some of you watch it as well, there's a little clip that goes around, um, and the, the lead female actor says this, until a day is over, there's always a chance you'll remember it for something else. Isn't that a great line, you know, written by a writer, um, it's, it's a great, it's a great reminder and and a great thought, what a great, great outlook, um. But I struggle sometimes to have that positivity, to have that outlook on life to say, man, it's been a rough day. Man, it's been hard, but there's always a chance we'll remember it for something else. I I tend to, well, cheering for my sports team sometimes maybe has taught me some bad habits about being a little fatalistic, right? Being a little pessimistic in my life. But at the heart of our text today is this question. This question that the people in Jerusalem were dealing with. When do you give up on a person following Jesus? Does that question upset you? Is that, is that a frustrating question? Is it, is it even a, a fair question to ask? This question dominates our passage. Because what we find in this passage is a group of people that were like... No, this isn't how it works. They're not supposed to get Jesus. They're not supposed to get the Holy Spirit. This story is is critically important to the author of of Luke and Acts, that it gets two tellings. This is the second time this story has been told. For those of you who like to kind of look at the... Con- I, know, I know you're out there. The people who like to look at the context of the story. You're already flipping back into Acts chapter 10. It, Acts chapter 10 spends the whole chapter. We read 18 verses. It spends 48 verses telling this whole story. And, and the author that put together Luke and then Acts, this two-book series, spends all of chapter 10 talking about this story of of the Holy Spirit coming to the Gentiles and Peter ministering to this this house, the house of Cornelius. And then in 11, he's like, well, just in case you missed it, let's tell this story. Let's tell this story again. It's a remarkable story. It's a remarkable story. It involves three direct visions in this one story, okay? The first one being... um, to a man named Cornelius, who was himself a Gentile, wasn't a Jew. And it says, send for this guy named Simon, who's called Peter. That's pretty specific. He has a name, but he's not called that name. He's called something else. Send for this guy who's Simon, called Peter, who's staying at Simon the Tanner's house. The second vision is this vision of this sheep sheet, sheet I almost said sheep, this sheet dropping from heaven and landing on the roof where Peter was in this sheet was a variety of things. And the third vision, a third direct communication, it says to Peter, who's kind of bewildered by this vision that he had just seen, says there's three people at the gate. They're gonna want they're gonna want you to go somewhere. Go with them. It's okay. It's all right. And so he goes with the men at the gate. Peter is taken to the house of Cornelius in, in, in a new city. The day's journey away, when he arrives, Cornelius falls at his feet, honoring him. You've come. I can't believe you've come. You're, you're, you must be this guy that's Simon, but you, people call you Peter. That's awesome. And Peter says, get up. Come on, stand up. It's okay. I'm just, I'm just human, just like you. Peter who was at the house of a tanner when he was met, given visions of these unclean animals, and now he's entering the house of a Gentile. Peter, for the sake of the gospel, was breaking all of these unwritten rules. Well, written rules, actually, of faithful Jewish people. In chapter 10, verse 28, to the gathering that was there, he came to Cornelius' house and and there were all these people that had gathered around. And he says this, You all realize that it is forbidden for a Jew to associate or to visit with outsiders. Peter was just on a roll. (laughs) Just on a roll. I mean, staying at the house of Simon the Tanner, a tanner was, was even putting himself in the presence of, Potentially, a bunch of unclean practices in the Jewish ritualistic code. It's in chapter 10 that we learn that um, Peter preaches the gospel. When he comes to this house and all these people are gathered around in this house of a Gentile, one who was uncircumcised, one who was unclean, hadn't followed the Jewish traditions. Peter preaches the gospel. Let me tell you about this guy named Jesus. He was a teacher. He was a healer. He went through the countryside performing miracles, doing amazing things. This teacher and and preacher was killed on a tree. He was raised on the third day. We're witnesses. We saw it. He came and showed himself to us. He was the subject of the prophet's and the means by which our sins are forgiven. It says that while Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came and descended on these Gentile people who had gathered at Cornelius' house. And the people who had come with Peter, the people were astonished. They were amazed. How can this be? This doesn't fit our paradigm. This doesn't fit what we thought. This doesn't fit what we, how we thought it all worked. And these folks, the non-Jews, these Gentiles, had the Holy Spirit come on their lives, and they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And when we think about this story today, when we think about the reality of what had just happened and all the different pieces that had to come together for this house to become saved, we're like, this is amazing. What an incredible story. The message of Jesus Christ come to, to a whole household of, of of people who became believers, who began to follow Jesus Christ, who made the choice to get baptized. A public expression that just says, I'm following Jesus now. This is something to be celebrated. Stories of angels dancing in heaven, right? All of heaven has a party. Um, that's not what was happening in Jerusalem. <laughs> we flip over to, the, to this passage, to this passage in chapter 11, and, and the people in Jerusalem are like, whoa, hang on. What just happened here? We heard you went to the house of some Gentiles. To those people. You went to their house, Peter. What are you thinking? This was not a party. This wasn't a celebration. This was like, whoa, hold up. Pump the brakes here, buddy. What gives you the right to go speak to those people? Peter comes back to Jerusalem, comes back to this place where it all started, where the believers had been persecuted by Saul. We talked about that. Saul had had this amazing conversion, come back to the epicenter where it all began. And the people there are like, "Mm -hmm." I'm not sure we're supposed to talk to those people. The circumcised believers, the ones who were following Jesus, the ones who had seen it play out before them, the ones who had put risked their lives, risked their livelihoods to follow Jesus, were the ones saying, You went to their house? You ate with them? And you talked about what? For the people who we're in Jerusalem for the people who brought up this objection. This action was repulsive. It was crazy. It was so against everything that had become customary for the Israelite people. They knew the rules. They had lived with them for centuries. Had taught them to their kids. Had, had made sure that, that the generation's upon generations of kids knew the way they were supposed to act. And there was no disputing. Peter had broken these rules. How could Peter do this? Well, it was clearly connected to Peter's vision. Peter, Peter sets forth an explanation. The Greek word here is, is ektithemi, ektithemi, uh, J. Harvard defines this word as, as a speech set forth in chronological order designed to give a straightforward report of a contested event in order to set the record straight. This is what Peter was doing. I'm going to set the record straight. And it starts by explaining his vision. Imagine this vision this large linen sheet descending from the skies. And settling on the rooftop where Peter was, contained on the sheet are all ki- are animals of all kinds that the good Jewish kids knew all about. <laughs> what they knew was stay away from stay away from these types of foods. Stay away from these animals. They're dirty. They're unclean. They're not good for us. They're not what we do. They're not healthy. For me it would be like bottles and bottles of coca-cola <laughs> hostess baseball cakes bags of ruffles and dill pickle dip yes it sounds gross but it's really good um and bread hot bread smothered in butter and garlic right i i, I envision that's what i envision on this sheet all the things that 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 i'm supposed to stay away from all the things that could kill me peter knew what to do in this in this moment no no god What's interesting is that he identified the voice that was speaking to him as God's voice Surely not god nothing like that has ever entered my mouth You've got god you've got it wrong here I'm not going to eat that I never have and I won't That's the difference between Peter's sheet and my sheet. I, I, I have partaken. But Peter hadn't. He'd been faithful. He'd been the good Jewish kid. He'd followed the rules. And it, it wasn't even a temptation for him. It was, it was so ingrained in him and so taught in him that he was willing to argue with God. Three times. Willing to argue with God. It shows you how foundational this teaching was for the Jewish people, for the people of Israel, the people of Israel. And the voice from heaven countered the narrative that had been taught, changed his ideas, challenged his understanding of what made something clean. Or unclean, something acceptable or unacceptable. A voice from heaven said, "This never, never consider unclean what God has made pure." It says three times. It went through this ritual three times. This this back and forth, this invitation to eat what was contained in this sheet, and Peter saying, "No, oh, I no, know, I, know. I would never do that." And the voice from heaven saying, don't call what I have made pure, unclean. And after that happened three times, the, the Spirit told Peter, go with these men. Despite his teaching, but despite his training, he was so, so convinced and so so steeped in the tradition that he wouldn't kill these animals even when invited by God to do so. And yet he went with these men. Despite the years of, of routine, despite all he knew and believed, he decided to lean into this opportunity to go with these men. And what happened? Peter went to this house. Peter shared the story of Jesus Christ, shared what had happened. And it says the Holy Spirit descended upon that house and upon those people and fell on them, just as the Spirit fell on us in the beginning. Knowing that the Holy Spirit was given by God, he used that coming of the Holy Spirit as evidence of God's working. God was on the move. God was doing something new. God was doing something beautiful. God was coming into the lives of these people. And Peter's like, I don't want to get on the wrong side of that. I don't want to work against the Spirit. I don't want to work against God's moving. The story ends in kind of an anticlimactic way. It says, like, after this, things kind of calmed down. They they, they said, okay. I read, I read somewhere this past week, I, I couldn't find it again to, to give credit, so this isn't mine, But but... It had to be Peter who did this. Peter the rock. Peter the rock upon whom Christ would build his church. It had to be Peter who was the one who allowed this first event to happen. The one who had been... He was Peter of Peter, James, and John. He was Peter who walked on water. He was Peter who said... Hey, all, let's build some shelters. Moses is here. Jesus, you're here. Elijah's here. Let's, let's, Peter was the one that was just all in. Had been there from the beginning. Like, I think about whether, if Saul had been the one that this had, had happened to, he had just been brought before Jerusalem before, right? Being like, there's no way we're going to trust this guy. But this was Peter. This was Peter. The power of his testimony is undeniable in this instance. And as we come to the end of the text, the question that that rung through my mind this week as I prepared is, Trent, when do you give up on a person? Yeah, the question was a little different for for the Jews, but really it was the, the same. The Gentiles, we don't have any hope for them. They're just not on our radar. Certainly God couldn't move in their lives. They do it all wrong. They don't do this, they don't do that. How could they possibly? And the question that I grappled with this week is who are the people, Trent, that you are convinced they can't be touched by God's grace? And I was challenged to think about that. I was challenged to process that, to not answer it too quickly. Because my head is like, well, nobody. I mean, everybody's within God's grace, right? I mean, God's grace can move on anybody. Anybody. And yet, do I always act that way? And do I always live that way? Sometimes I've struggled in my journey. God's got me on this this long arc journey of grace for other people. As I get older, uh, the people for whom God speaks to me and and that God empowers me to see in a different light just continues to grow. What does it look like to have grace for the broken? Grace for different opinions. Grace for different theologies. Grace for different ideologies. Grace for different lifestyles and different opinions. People who live and look and act and worship so differently from me. It's easy to kind of put them over there. Maybe that's just me, but it's easy sometimes to take groups of people. It's so easy and so quick to, to I, sometimes I'm so quick to, to label people and kind of set them to the side. And I think God's got me on this journey to learn to have grace for those people to put them over there on that, on that white sheet that fell from heaven. And what do I say? Surely not, Lord. Surely not, Lord. And I hear the voice of God today saying, never consider unclean what God has made pure. Doesn't God get to decide on whom his Holy Spirit falls. Doesn't God get to decide on whom his grace will apply to? I'm reminded today, again this week, that we are all God's children. Even the people that I, at times, struggle, was not putting them over on that white sheet. For Peter, the test was the work of the Holy Spirit. Did you see in his reply? Did you see in his answer there, um, at the end of at the end of the passage, he said, "I turned to the wrong chapter. Sorry about that." He said, "This if God gave them the same gift He gave us, which was the Holy Spirit, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, then who am I? How could I stand in God's way?" I think for some for some folks. My struggle is pausing long enough to see the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. Do I see the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? I'm going to ask the praise team to come forward as we, as we close out. We're going to sing one more song. Uh, the song they're going to lead us in today starts with these words. Come just as you are come just as you are, and, and, a, and a lot of times as I've sung this song, and perhaps you as well, it, it's a reminder for me, it's a reminder that no matter what I've been through this week, no matter what I'm going through, the struggles that I have, I get to come into God's presence just as I am, that there's grace for me, that, that the struggles that I go through and the journey that I'm on, I, just, I get to come and worship God just, just as I am. I don't have to change or pretend or posture or put on a mask today. Because maybe I'm struggling. Maybe I'm, I'm going through the fire right now. Life seems like it's falling apart. But today, today as we consider there are groups of people in our world today, that it might be easier for you and for me to simply write off if you know exactly who it is for you today, who who God's working with you today to invite in, as we sing that song, maybe, maybe sing it for them. Maybe sing it for them today. Come just as you are. Certainly we received that invitation one day. The invitation to come to Jesus just as we are. Maybe today as we sing that, we can sing it for someone else. Somebody with different opinions. Somebody with different theology. Someone with different lifestyle. Different whatever. I invite you today as we sing to picture that person as you sing these words. And sing them as an invitation from God. Be God's invitation today for Peter was for the Gentiles and aren't we grateful in a room of probably mostly Gentiles aren't we grateful that Peter made no mistake today it's our invitation today we get to be the mouthpiece of God come just as you are Let's sing together. Would you pray with me? Lord God, today we exalt you, for you are worthy of our praise. For all of creation stands to praise you and to lift your name. Today, God, as you invite us into this place, as you speak to us, pray that you would help us to hear those words, to never call something you have made pure, something precious in your sight, something you care about and love so much, to be called unclean. Pray today that you would give us eyes to see our neighbors, to see the world as you do. Give us eyes to see that way, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We live in a world where it's easy to write people off sometimes, to zing them with the one line or drop the mic and walk away. Lord, change our hearts. Change our hearts today. Instead, may we hear the voice of Jesus whispering in our ear, not so with you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand today to receive the benediction. It's customary in this place to kind of hold our hands out to, 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 as a physical reminder that we receive this benediction today. Lord, may we see today the sheet fall from heaven filled with the people in our lives that it's so easy to write off. And may we see each and every one of those people through your eyes and love them and embrace them in your name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church of the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org slash connect if you'd like to connect with us, and have a great week.